I know you don't like it, but like, come on. I liked that there was some tension. At this point, I'd ship a coconut and a rock. I just need some romance in this show. You act like last episode didn't have a first kiss between a couple. I don't trust that bitch. <laughs> When you get your tattoos, do you ever get nervous that like Izzy or Loki are going to scratch you on your tattoo? Yes. Actually, the week before I got my bluebird tattoo, which is on my inner forearm, Loki, we had just gotten him and he freaked out and he scratched the shit out of my other forearm, like deep scratches that like were very long lasting and i was like if he had done that to my other arm i would not have been able to get a tattoo it would have been too jacked up and then the whole time i had it i was freaked out that he was going to scratch it why do you ask well a couple things happened this week that just like made me think about it well the first thing that happened was kate is fostering a cat Mm -hmm. his name is valentine nope her name i'm not sure the gender of the cat it's a girl. Her name is Valentine. Uh, she looks at me like I'm her toy. Because anytime I'm near her, she won't just like relax. It's always like swatting at me and like scratching and biting and just like always wanting to play. At first, I thought she just didn't like me. But Kate was like, if she didn't like you, she'd run away. But she's always like running to you and then like biting you instead. And I was trying to pet her. And she scratched my arm and cut my mole open. Oh, ew, ew, ew. And I was like bleeding out of it. And I like look at it. I'm like, okay, there's a like a split in my mole. And I was like, I've never cut a mole open before. Like, I wonder what that's going to be like. And then I was like, it's a pretty deep cut. Is it going to scar across the mole? And then I was like, how do people with tattoos just never like get acne or anything. Cause like I, people have shoulder tattoos. I get zits on my shoulders all the time. And then there's like a scene in prison break where the main character burns off like a hefty section of tattoo. I'm gonna be honest. When I was a kid, I thought you would just heal with the tattoo again. Uh, no, I've never had any. Well, I think on this one on my arm, I had a bug bite on it that I could not stop itching and I actually thought that it was going to like mess it up because I, you know, it scabbed and everything, but there's no evidence of it. Mm. But yeah, I'm sure like if you had a deep enough cut, it would just scar and you would be able to tell through the tattoo. I started my new job this week. Hmm. How's that going? I like it so far. It's like a eight person office and two of them are interns. But on my lunch break, they saw me like putting stuff on TikTok for the podcast. And I I had mentioned in my interview that I had a podcast just to like put that out there. And why? Because why did you do that? They kept saying, like, we're gonna run a background check on you. So I just wanted to be upfront and be like, you might find this. But one of the interns was like asking me about it. And like I kind of like held out some details just to seem a little cooler than I actually was. Cause he was, he saw the TikTok. He was like, 
do you get paid on your TikTok? And I was like, no, we don't have enough followers, but we like make some money on, on the actual podcast itself. And he thought that was really cool. And then he was like, how do you not run out of stuff to talk about? And I was like, well, we just do one episode every episode. And he's like, oh, that's cool. I was like, yeah, I really like it. And he was kind of like hyping me up. And then he immediately was just like, it sucks that one day you're going to have to stop. And I was just like, that was a mean thing to say. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, like, yeah, we're going to run out of episodes. <laughs> or we're going to kill each other. Oh, here's a small thing that I forgot about. I just booked my wedding. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Want to come? I thought you were eloping. Yeah, well, we decided that we decided that we were going to invite just our parents. But then I was like, well, I'll invite Zane. Okay. Mostly because our parents are divorced, so it's kind of awkward. Yeah. So I thought, you know, you could be a nice little buffer. Am I going to be gathered here today? No, we're getting married at the courthouse, so we're mm. going to have, like, an official person do that. So should now be the time that we mention that once upon a time, Lauren was going to get married in Hawaii. Yeah, I was. That's, um, unfortunately, it's a lot of work. I'm still going to go on my honeymoon in Hawaii. We're actually, we're probably going to book our first house this weekend because it's available and it's awesome. It's, like, in the jungle, dude here's the annoying thing when it was talked about and like you were inviting a bunch of people you obviously invited kate and i immediately was like well we're turning this into a podcast thing we're gonna do an episode in hawaii we're gonna kate and i are gonna go visit all the sets we're gonna vlog it this is gonna be amazing and then like obviously it didn't happen but i was like motherfucker first of all i just wanted to go to hawaii like that would have been awesome but then to actually be able to go to the sets would have been like amazing and now yeah, you but... get to go and you can't even go to the sets because there might be spoilers okay well for the record i said this at the time and he clearly forgot he's like well can we do a podcast and and can we tour the sets and can we do all that and i was like first of all it's my honeymoon no and secondly wrong island bro all the it, sets are on oahu right yeah okay all the sets are on oahu we're not going to oahu we're still not going to oahu i so, understand that but like i knew you were gonna be out i didn't anticipate you coming but in my brain i'm like we're already in hawaii how hard would it be to get from this island to the other island like we're already there let's just do it yeah, I mean, you could definitely do that. We're going to two different islands, but I just also think it's hilarious that you were like, yeah, we're going to do all this podcast stuff on your honeymoon. Oh, I never in intended to include you. Yes, you fucking did. I remember the conversation. I remember well, having to be yeah, like, like the, initial, the initial conversation. I was like, let's do it. I didn't realize you weren't on Oahu. But then Kate and I had like a whole plan to like go visit all the sets and like vlog it and then make a podcast episode, just the two of us talking about it while we were there. I don't know if you know this, but you can still go to Hawaii. I don't know if you know this. I was unemployed for a month. Yeah, I have like, no money. You would have spent the same amount of money. Actually, you would have spent less money just going on a trip, the two of you, rather than going for my wedding. Because you would have, going for my wedding, you would have been flying to one island and then flying to another island. Here's the thing. We 
never really talked details about your wedding because they it was just so fluid. I was under the impression that I was going to get mom and dad to pay for my ticket out there initially. They probably, well, that's why we didn't end up doing it. It was so expensive. Like they literally probably wouldn't have been able to pay for your ticket because it was so expensive. And yeah, also just trying to plan. It was hard. I, but that wasn't even the worst part. What? The worst part was when you told me after you had decided you're not going through with like the traditional wedding that you were going to have me officiate. Officiate. Yeah. Like that was the hardest part to hear. I was like, fuck, I would have loved doing that. Well, yeah. You can give a speech at dinner after. Listen. You know what? I really appreciate that because we just, uh, we just went to Emily and Jordan's reception and everyone gave speeches and I immediately got mad at you because I was like, I'm never going to be able to give a fucking speech at a wedding. I'm not close enough to be a best man to anyone. So I can't give a best man toast. I can't give a toast at my own wedding and roast myself. That would be fucking stupid. And like, yeah, we gave a toast at mom's wedding, but you know how mom is. If we would have been too mean, she would have freaked the fuck out. Like that was us using kid gloves. Okay, but you also shouldn't be mean at anybody's wedding. If you're going to give a toast at my wedding dinner and be mean, then you're not invited. Okay, Lauren. What? I'm not going to be, it's going to be like lighthearted, but you know, there's going to be some jabs in there. Oh, goody. Well, anyway, um, that's your formal invitation. Mom and dad got a phone call. (laughs) And... Dad was like, well, you better text this to me. I'm going to forget about the date. (laughs) You didn't even tell me the date. Oh, well, it just talks to mom and dad. They have a text. (laughs) What? You're fucking ridiculous. Look, if anybody cares, like, I know we've gone on, like, a really long tangent. If anybody cares, send us a message and I can go more in detail about this whole process in flashback. I realized almost immediately after getting engaged that... Um, the wedding industry and wedding planning is horrible and I want nothing to do with it. What's so that, that's what's that show, uh, mortgage, mortgage or marriage or something like that. Or like, Oh, some, something like that. Yeah. We would go mortgage a hundred times over. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I literally booked my wedding and photographer like yesterday sitting at my desk at work on my lunch break. Yeah. It's just, I, that's about as much pressure as I want it's a hat well congrats on booking something i don't know anything about weddings well we have a date that's what matters a date that's actually secured by a deposit of 23 dollars. people if you're considering eloping just do it a date that you still haven't told me (laughs) oh it's august 17th thank you so it's on a thursday so you're gonna have to take some vacation time hmm Welcome back to another episode of Lauren Gets Lost. I'm Zane. I'm Lauren. And today we are covering season two, episode 19, SOS. And oh my God, I didn't realize we're almost at the end of season two. Yeah. We got like five episodes left. It's crazy to like put that in perspective. That's five weeks from now, which will be almost July. Yeah. Where has the time gone? But when you're actually listening to five weeks from now it'll be like august you might be married by the time that this episode comes out that's true i actually think i will be (laughs) 
Where is the time? No, this episode actually comes out on the 4th of July. Oh, this episode. I was thinking the the finale will come out after I'm married. Mm, You said the 17th? Yeah. Uh, Season 2 ends on August 8th. So close. But this was a interesting episode, mainly because it didn't really do a lot of plot in the a plot but like it was nice to see some background characters like get their due i i liked this episode like yeah it wasn't high stakes but honestly after an extremely stressful episode was that what last week was with the door pinning the leg and everything no that was two weeks ago last week was dave that was stressful too that was stressful too after two stressful episodes it was nice to have something a little like low stakes yeah can you hit me with that synopsis yeah but here's the thing about my synopsis today i'm gonna give you the actual synopsis and then i'm gonna give you the synopsis that i wrote first and that i really wanted to be the real synopsis but i decided it did not synopse anything (laughs) okay here's the real synopsis Bernard tries desperately to get Rose off the island while Jack tries to initiate a trade. And here's the better synopsis. Magnets be magnetizing. (laughs) I cannot wait for that theory to be put to bed. Like, we just need to jump to that point already. I'm over it. It will never. It's the real, it's the real thing, guys. I know it. You know it. You're trying American to hide people it from know me. it. I've got quick bits. Yeah. You really have got to stop with doing <laughs> that. It's every episode. It's how I feel. Should I just stop it? Should I scrap it for season three? Okay, we're going to ask everybody. Let's put a poll. Quick bits or no quick bits? I guess I could always just sprinkle them in through the episode instead of just putting in like a whole segment for it. Well, we'll see. If if anybody is like, I love quick bits, don't get rid of quick bits, then let us know. If we hear nothing, fuck quick bits, they're gone. <laughs> this episode was directed by Eric Lonneville, who has directed an episode before. This was the first non-main character-centric episode. It actually was originally planned to be a season three episode, but it was moved up when the writers decided they wanted to do a flashback episode about some of the show's supporting characters. The Scott and Steve episode will be in season three. The flashback storyline was actually heavily inspired by L. Scott Caldwell's real life as her time with her husband was cut short by terminal cancer. Oh. And Michael returns after an eight episode absence. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. We start off with Bernard and Rose stocking the shelves at the beach camp, and Bernard asks if none of the food appearing bothers her. Rose says that she was raised not to question her blessings, and if he is having a bad day, he doesn't need to raise his voice. Bernard says that he had several bad days on the other side of the island, and points out that the survivors built a kitchen on the beach. He says that it means everyone has given up on getting rescued. Bernard brings up a good point here. By pointing out how no one was bothered by the food palette. It's like everyone was just like, oh, okay. And I'm wondering if they're just at the point where so much weird shit has happened on the island that they're just like, whatever. Yeah. 
I agree. Just realize you're not holding your microphone like you normally do. Yeah, because I watched one of the clips you put on TikTok was me just fucking flinging that microphone all <laughs> over the place. And I was like, I got to stop doing that. That's weird. I, I have to stop. Was it the one where you moved your camera? Yes. Well, I was like, <laughs> what was I doing? I was like, I was annoyed because I was like, that's such a good like clip. But you're just fucking like doing cartwheels <laughs> in your room. <laughs> Locke struggles to remember the blast door map as he sketches it out on a piece of paper. He ignores the button until the alarm ticks down to under a minute and Jack asks if he's going to push it. So he does, but then he returns to the map. That was not paper. That was like a, a weird piece of like foamy foil. And I'm like, you're telling me in that whole hatch there's no paper? It's kind of weird. What would they need paper in the hatch for? For entertainment. How are they going to play hangman? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Well, maybe Desmond went through it all. Maybe. They're going to find some, like, manifesto. Desmond's <laughs> manifesto, like, stashed somewhere later. Or he wrote a manuscript. Yeah. <laughs> the button in me. <laughs> Jack asks Ana Lucia about Henry, and we learn that Henry has not spoken, ate, or drank anything in the last two days. Jack says that he is tired of waiting and sits with Henry who continues not to speak as Jack changes the dressing on his shoulder. He does barely flinch when he rips the Band-Aid off and then puts, like, the 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 disinfectant on there. So if it were me, I would be like, ow! And then go back to not talking. I'm okay. not much of a badass. Jack tells him how he thought of Henry's idea of trading for him that he mentioned in the end of The Whole Truth. And then he says that he's going to go to the line that Friendly told him not to cross to offer Henry in exchange for Wall. And he says once they get him back, Henry will have been worth all the trouble. Then Henry says they will never get Walt back. My initial reaction here was just like, how are the tailies going to feel when they take this prisoner and they only ask for Walt back? I understand like one person for one person, but the tailies lost kids too. Well, how do you decide between Zach and Emma? Because they are siblings. Yeah, I get that. I just think there's no good answer, but I do think they're going to be pissed because the Taylors lost a lot of people. And I do think the priority would be, you know, I would say, okay, the priority would, would be the children, just like basic logic. But you do have to think the children are probably being taken care of better than yeah. the adults. Is this a bad plan? No, I don't think so, honestly. Like, what else are you going to do? He's not going to tell you anything. In theory, if the others say no, then you can kill him. But you got to at least try to get something out of him. Yeah, I mean, the others might just kill you. My thought, honestly, was like, if the others really actually didn't know that they had him, and now they're like, oh, we have your guy, they could just use all that manpower, go in there and just take Henry, or whatever his real name is, and say, fuck you guys. So we get a flashback where Rose's car is stuck in snow and Bernard mansplains how to get her out of it. Rose tells him to step back and continues to gun it and dig herself in. And then she says that she's going to call AAA. Bernard says that they're just going to send a tow truck. Okay, pause. Listen here, you little chronically online Gen Z TikToker. He's not mansplaining. She doesn't know how to get her car out. 
he's explaining how to get her car out. It would be mansplaining if she knew what to do and was doing it already. And then he was like, oh, yeah, you gotta do this. She's doing the wrong thing. He's telling her the right way to do it. Don't do my man Bernard like that. He wasn't mansplaining. I was just making a joke. It's a bad joke. Stick of you and your shit. <laughs> Bernard says that they're just going to send a tow truck and tells her to trust him. So he pushes her car while she accelerates and she gets free, but Bernard falls over. She gets out to check on him. They exchange some jokes, introduce each other to each other, and then go their separate ways. But Rose asks him for coffee. This is a classic meet cute, and I loved it. It was interesting because I I pretty much suspected it right away, but it's a reveal here that these are this is not a like a uh, lifelong marriage. This is a uh, an older age, fresh relationship, which puts a whole different dynamic on them, you know, which we see throughout the episode. I was surprised to learn this. I remember watching this episode for the first time because it's not like we knew who the centric was going to be ahead of time. And just being shocked. I was just like, I didn't think they were important enough. <laughs> yeah. I still don't know that they are, but it's okay. Yeah. But at, at the same time, it's a six season show. You can't just keep like, eventually the flashbacks are going to get watered down. If you just keep revisiting the same characters. True. True. On the Island Rose tells Hurley that she saved him some cookies, but he's on a new diet. But Bernard walks up and tells Hurley to gather whoever he can, including a character that they call Frogert. I love that. This is not the last we will hear of Frogert. <laughs> he tells Hurley to meet him down the beach. Rose asks what he's doing, and Bernard says that he has an idea, and then goes and talks to some more of the extras. In the hatch, Ana Lucia tells Jack that she is unsure that trading people is something that the others would do, and Jack says talking is getting them nowhere. Anna asks if she should come, and Jack looks at Locke and says she needs to stay. Anna gives Jack the gun and tells him not to go alone. So we cut to Kate and Sawyer gathering crabs at the rocky shore of the beach as Jack approaches. He tells them his plan to trade Henry for Walt, and Sawyer assumes that he is being invited along so he can have a gun. But Jack tells him that he has a gun, and he's inviting Kate. Sawyer asks how he got a gun. And Jack asks if it matters, but then Kate agrees to go. Why do you think Jack told Anna someone needs to stay while he was looking at Locke? He doesn't trust Locke. He thinks Locke is going to like do something like let him out or try to talk to him and get overpowered. And, you know, he just doesn't trust him to handle the situation. On the beach, Bernard recaps the luxuries that the survivors have found on the island and says it's like they don't even want to go home. Claire says that that's not true. And Bernard asks why no one is trying. Hurley points out that they built a raft that was blown up. And then Bernard asks what they are doing now. He says a plane obviously flew over the island. So they're going to build a massive sign along the beach so a plane or a satellite can see them. Rose says that they should speak to Jack first. And Bernard says that he is a doctor, not the president. Rose says that he is a dentist. Bernard pulls Rose aside and asks what the harm is. And Rose says that he is giving them false hope. Everyone looks at them, and he tells her that he has a sign to build. I'm not going to lie. As much as I liked this episode, it also drove me a little crazy that everyone was just acting like Bernard was being ridiculous and unreasonable. Thank you. I was mostly Team Bernard this whole episode, except for some flashback stuff, which we'll get into. But 
I'm like the okay here's the thing I disagree with the fact like Bernard saying oh we shouldn't have all these like island luxuries like I think you're there you might as well have some cool stuff but like what are you guys doing all day? You don't have time to put some rocks down on the beach. Are you serious? They yeah. all abandoned this so fast. And I was like, I understand later on why Rose doesn't want to leave. Unless all of these people have been magically cured from terminal illnesses, grab a fucking rock and put it on the beach. Yeah. Like there's 40 of them. Yeah. It's it's so crazy to me that they're all like, oh, are you want to live on that beach for the rest of your life? Like he's so right. They're not. I there are things happening in the A plot of kind of trying to get off, but all these other people, they're not doing anything. I mean, I mean, not really. Like I mean, nowadays. Yeah, currently probably not. But there have been in the past. Like yeah. Saeed was, but now he's kind of he's like, busy. The rat the raft got destroyed. And it, it was just like, all right, we're stuck here. I do think it's crazy that there's obvious evidence that a plane flew over the island and nobody even seems to give a shit. That's a huge thing. Like, just signal fire, SOS. We should be doing something, people. We get a flashback where Bernard and Rose are having dinner at Niagara Falls and Bernard signals to some violinists to come over. And it's not really a big thing, but I love that Bernard is just so obvious with his signal. It's so on brand for him. <laughs> mm, yeah. Like he strikes me as the type of person to want to do a lot of like romantic gestures, but he's not subtle about it at all. I will say that's like my nightmare. To Being have public. a bunch of, yeah, a public, a public anything. I'm already stressed about getting married in front of six people. Okay. While we're on this topic, and since we talk so much about the wedding, I should point out to the listeners, I still do not know the story of how Andrew proposed to Lauren. Nobody does. <laughs> Nobody does. I mean, I that's kind of sweet. Like, it's like an intimate secret between you two, unless you know somebody actually knows. You know what's funny is Andrew's parents don't tell the story of how they got engaged either. Aww. We we have no idea, but I was at a wedding recently with some of Andrew's coworkers and I was in line getting a drink and they were like, Andrew hasn't told us how he proposed, which is totally fine if you don't want to tell us. But and I was like, nope, <laughs> not telling you. The world may never know. The world will never know. So they come over, he gets on one knee and delivers a very sweet speech. Rose tries to stop him, but he says he knows it's sudden after five months, but he knew after five minutes. He opens the box and proposes, and Rose tells him she is dying. Bernard dismisses the violins, and Rose tells him that she was in remission, but her cancer is back. She says doctors gave her about a year, and Bernard processes all of that and says that she never answered his question. Rose asks him if he is sure. He takes her hand and says that he is. So she says yes. Were you shocked at all to hear that Rose was dying? Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So it's interesting to me. You have said in the past, you're a romantic girly. Like anytime it's pouring down rain on the island and you're like, why do I think they're going to kiss? Mm-hmm. You have never given me the impression that you're a romantic girly. 
you're misquoting me. I said I'm a rom-com girly. Sorry. I just like watching rom-coms, but I don't want anything in my life to reflect that. Right. I get that. But I, watching this scene, thought to myself, I don't think Lauren would like 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 watching this scene not being in it but like this i imagine the scene didn't do anything for you no it didn't um i need my romance to either be the okay here's the problem with with rose and bernard's romance there was no obstacle there was no tension there was just two people that saw each other like what about the cancer (laughs) that didn't really seem to be that much of an issue I don't know. I just like there to be angst. Mm. There was no angst. There was just a violin and a shitty proposal. So you're one of those people that watches a TV show and is like, oh, they've been happy for like the entire season. This is boring. I need some I need some cheating to happen or or, or an argument. No, I don't want cheating. I never want cheating. Um, that stresses me out. I don't want that. But I am the type of person that I like the build up to the relationship more than the relationship. I like the will they won't they. And once we know they will, I'm like, oh. see you, you are the problem with TV. <laughs> this is why I hate friends. Like however long that show was 10 seasons or whatever of will they won't they with, Oh God, I forgot their names. Rachel and Ross. Yeah. You are what is what's wrong. No, but the problem is, they do what I don't like. They did a, they will, they won't, they will. Like they they get together and they break up and they get together and they break up. I don't really like that. And I don't want it to be stretched out that long. Like I think The Office did a great job. It was like two or three seasons of like tension and then they get together and they stay together. And that's the way it should be. Like I read a lot of books where they do what's the, the third act breakup like mm-hmm. there's all the the will they won't they they get together and then one of them messes up and then they have to like fight to be back together i don't want to see that i don't want to see that so you just want the will they won't they they will the end yeah pretty much see i like i read a lot of romantic books as well unfortunately and yeah the third act breakup happens i would rather Instead of the third act breakup, the third act they get together, and then we get to see them be together a little bit. Like, I like that shit. I don't love, it's just build up, build up, build up, and then when they finally are like, we're in love, it just ends. Well, a lot of books will do, like, there's a, there's a bigger plot to than just their relationship. They get together, and then they, they what's the word? Like, the rest of the plot happens with them together. You know, where they like overcome the problem together and you get to see them be together. Yeah, that's that's fine. It's I don't know. I just like a a good show. Well, like The Office, I love the will they won't they. And then once they're together, there's other stuff in the show that keeps me sucked in. So there's some will they won't they with this show with with Kate and the boys. Is that working for you at all? Or do you even care? They barely do it. Like, honestly, I'm too focused on other things. I feel like season two compared to season one, the love triangle has been more in the foreground. Kind of, but not really. 
there's more of a there is more romantic tension between Locke and Henry, not Henry at this point. <laughs> Just saying. I ship it. So Bernard finds Echo and Charlie and asks what they're doing and tries to convince them to help build the sign, and they both decline. Bernard asks if he can use some of the logs, and Echo says that they are using them. This is when Charlie reveals that they are, in fact, building a church. I said that. You said it. You did. Mm-hmm. And I, I tried so hard not to make a face. But then you also said, well, it could just be like a structure. And then last week when I was like, all right, we're going we're gonna to find out really soon. What do you think it is? You said, hey, it's like a structure. <laughs> yeah, because I'm pretty sure when I said church... I said it as a joke <laughs> because why would they do that? That's stupid. Well, it's interesting you say that because I'm going to ask you, why is Echo building a church? I don't know. Honestly, he's just bored. Build a sign. I, 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 I really don't know. Do you, good, do you think good for there's you, like guy. For a... <laughs> you, guy. <laughs> Do you think there's like a deeper meaning to this that we'll find out later? Or is he just building a church? I'm sure he's got like this whole plan. Like, and I really hope that the church can be used for like other things like, you know, shelter and I don't know what else, but. You you can't really get a good look at the church, but are they building it next to the graveyard? (laughs) I don't know. They really should. Because that'd be hilarious. Churches and graveyards kind of like go hand in hand. Yeah, I guess. Bernard says that everyone on the island is building something and he's actually trying to get them saved. And Echo says people are saved in different ways. Bernard says he liked Echo better when he just hit people with his stick. (laughs) And Charlie says that he likes him just the way he is. Is this Charlie like trying to seek redemption? Is that why he's helping? Probably. Do you think that this will work for you? Not currently. You said a couple weeks ago that you think that Charlie's on the up and you don't you don't think we're going to bash him anymore. Yeah, I have no reason to bash him. He's neutral currently. I think that this for the show, this is his redemption arc. Does that mean that he's redeemed in my eyes? No. In the hatch, Locke struggles with the map again and his leg is in pain. He tells Ana Lucia he needs to talk to Henry, and she says the door stays closed because the gun is gone. She tells him to talk to Henry through the door, so Locke tries to get Henry's attention, but he does not respond. Locke asks if he pushed the button or not. Again, Henry does not respond, which makes Locke very angry, beating into the door, causing Henry to smile. So, we've gone back and forth on this for a while. Is the button real? Now I'm going to say it's real, but whatever it is, Henry wants him to question it for whatever reason, and it's real. I don't know what I said last time. I don't even feel very confident in that answer. Last time you said don't know. I still don't know, but... we. So the times that I've tracked it, the first time ever, which was... In orientation, when like the button was really discussed for the first time, you said no. Every other time has either been yes, hesitant yes, don't know, or yes, but Henry wants him to question it. Bernard returns to find that half his workforce is gone. 
He is frustrated but moves on, and he lays out his plan to use black rocks against the sand to make an SOS sign along the beach and tells everyone to pair up and carry the rocks from the lava field about a half mile inland. He says he's going to sketch out the letters in the sand. Hurley suggests that they switch jobs, and Bernard tells him that everyone has a job to do. You do yours, I'll do mine. And then Jin and Hurley express grievances in carrying the rocks, but Bernard tells him that it's going to take time, but it will be worth it if it's the thing that gets them off the island. Again, where is Bernard wrong in this scenario? Like, they act, they portray it, and, like, everyone acts like he's being unreasonable. Does it suck that he's not helping carrying the rocks initially? Sure. But he is also significantly older than everyone. I think that they're trying to use his, like, he's very agitated and, like, kind of a dick. And they're trying to use that to be like, oh, he's in the wrong. Like, I don't think he's in the wrong. I think the way he talks to people sometimes isn't good. But he's just, you know, he's really frustrated. So I, I get it. Like, but no, he's not in the wrong. I can't believe it took them however many days to be like, oh, yeah, we should probably do an SOS. They act like they have to do this in a day. Like, oh, we got to fucking do all day carrying rocks and shit. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah. It's like, just... like, where do you need to be? Where? <laughs> You've got a job to get to? These people are stupid. Yeah. And then Hurley's like, oh, I could sketch out. I could sketch out the, the letters. It's like, okay, well. Whoever sketches out the letters, once that done, will also have to carry rocks. It'll take like five minutes, if that, to do the letters. So in the next flashback, Rose and Bernard bicker about if they are lost or not. Lost or not. If they are lost or not, as they drive around the Australian outback. They arrive in a small village, and Bernard surprises her with a faith healer named Isaac. Bernard says that he is the real deal, but Rose is upset. He tells her that when he started telling people about her situation, he immediately got three recommendations for Isaac. Situation was not the correct word to use here, and Rose asked if Australia was all because of the faith healer. Bernard tells Rose that he made a $10,000 donation to see him, and Rose screams that she did not ask for this. Bernard is stunned, and she tells him that she made her peace with what is happening to her. Bernard says that he has not. He says he can't just do nothing because that's not who he is. He says he has to try. And then he asks her to try for him. This is where I was not team Bernard. I found it to be honestly very selfish of him. This is something that we can assume she has been struggling with for a very long time he's known her for you know it was five months at the engagement we don't know Mm -hmm. how long it's been since then but we can say probably not that long and i understand where he's coming from but bro it's honestly not about you and to use this like vacation that she was probably thinking okay this is gonna be you know i'm dying but i just got married and i'm in love and i'm gonna really soak up this honeymoon and he made it all about her illness and all about him honestly and that's super selfish and i did not like it i can understand him not being at peace with it mainly because he just like got brought into the whole thing but like again when she asked are you sure and you say yes that is you saying we are with each other for the time that we have and there's nothing we can do 
Exactly. She accepted that proposal under the impression that he understood her situation and he accepted it. And that is not what he's doing. And I don't, I don't like it. Okay. So outside of the cancer topic, a lot of what is talked about in this episode is trying and just letting be. Rose is letting be. Bernard is trying. Are you more, obviously outside of the cancer topic, are you more of a Rose or a Bernard? I think I'm a Bernard. I can't really think of a situation, honestly, where I've had the op- the two options of like, okay, try or just, but I, I know I'm not a, uh, I'm just going to deal with it type of person. I am an overthinker. I'm an anxious girly. I don't think, I don't know. Can you think of any time that I've had a situation where I'm just like, ah, just like. No, but mainly because I'm not dating you. I would, I'm wondering, have you ever complained to Andrew about something and he has offered you his idea of a solution and you just immediately were annoyed by that? Because that happens to me on a daily basis. That's a guy girl thing. That is because girls want, everybody knows this. Everybody knows this. I'm not saying anything profound here girls just sometimes just want to vent and we're not asking for solutions because honestly the thing is it it's like when when the men in our lives sit there and offer solutions it's like yeah no shit i've already thought about that and i've already eliminated that possibility unless you're gonna say something like actually helpful which i'm sorry that's never happened i've already considered all the possibilities when I'm complaining, when I've reached the step of complaining to whomever I'm complaining to, I, I, I just want to complain. And every girl has experienced that. You all know what I'm talking about. That's different though, because if I'm complaining, Rose isn't complaining here. I know she's not complaining. I'm, I'm just segueing into this. (laughs) Damn it, it's going to be showing me talking, so we can't even use that as a blooper. No, I just fell off my chair, people. Okay. Um. <laughs> okay, it doesn't really work. Your argument doesn't really work. Rose I, haven't, is I haven't even argued anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, but your your example, your connection, your it doesn't really work. Rose isn't complaining. But to go back to your original question... I think that the reason that Rose is so comfortable, which, I mean, we find out a little bit more later, but she's she's like a woman of faith. You know, she trusts in God to just, you know, have lead her the right direction, whatever. I don't. So that's why I'm never just like a, it'll be okay. Everything is going to be fine type of person. I'm not that type of person because I'm like, I am in control of whether it's fine or not. And I don't know what to do. So it's not going to be fine. So I'm more of a freak out like Bernard. I'm not saying that I always have the answers, but sometimes I swear Kate will just not let me try. She's she's just like, I just, I just want to be told, yeah, hun, that sucks. This is the worst. I'm like, that's not productive. Yeah, but I mean, I get where she's coming from. I think, th- I think there's... um. I can see it from both sides. 
Like if there really is a solution, I've talked to my friends before where they're complaining about something and I'm like, here's the solution. And then they're like, well, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, here's the solution. Yeah. You just don't want to do it because that is hard or you have to make a difficult decision or, or whatever. So I, I do understand that, but sometimes we just want to vent and we just want you to go. That sucks. Yeah. One time I did that. <laughs> One time. Because normally I do like go, so I'll go like one or two solutions. And then like, I notice that she's getting more upset. I'm like, all right, back off, back off. Yeah, that sucks on that sucks on whatever. So one time I immediately went with like, oh man, that's the worst. And she just looked at me and was just like, that's not helpful. (laughs) It's just like, well, what am I supposed to fucking do? (laughs) Oh, okay. On the island, Rose eavesdrops on Bernard trying and failing to recruit Sawyer to help with the sign. Bernard tells her that he hopes that she is happy because he had 15 people willing to help and now he has four. And both of those are numbers. No one cares. (laughs) Rose asks how it's her fault and Bernard says that he at least expected her support, but she attacked him. Rose asks if he ever stopped to think that people quit because he has a management problem. Bernard asks what her problem is. He's only trying to do something. Rose says he's always trying to do something. And sometimes he should just let things be. Bernard says if he didn't always try, she would not be there. Rose is shocked by that slight, takes her bag and leaves. And Bernard obviously feels guilty. I will say, I'm kind of jumping ahead. Technically, he's right. You know, he insisted on going to Australia, which got them on this plane, which got them on this island. But he doesn't know that, so he needs to shut up. Yeah. I do. It's hard because, like, I know why Rose did the things that she did. At the same time, though, you could argue if, like, God intended or whatever intended them for to stay on the island, then the SOS sign wouldn't work. And, like, I don't really think Rose saying what she said is what made people, like, not want to carry rocks for half a mile i feel like it kind of would have just like trickled out eventually i can understand why bernard is upset with her for like not really attacking her but he but like calling him into question like saying you're a dentist like shit like that it wasn't supportive here's the thing i think that her response to him in front of all those people actually did have a big impact because let's go ahead and just you know most of that group of people, if not all, I think, are original camp people. They all know Rose. And we can assume Rose is kind of the mother of the C group, you know? They don't know Bernard that well. He's not coming off great. True. And then they see that's her husband. And she kind of undermines him, questions him in front of all these people. And they're like, yeah, I was already kind of hesitant about this. And now rose isn't supportive yeah i'm not gonna do it if she was like yeah guys i think this is a really good idea i think they all would have been gung-ho so yeah i stand by bernard's allowed to be upset with her but again this could just be like a situation where if they just communicate then like none of this happens Mm, yeah but i also just feel like you know what he's grumpy yeah jack and kate trek through the jungle and kate says that she is flattered that he asked her over sawyer then Jack 
who is just a man with words. Or man just, with words. Who nope. Who is just a man who has a way with words. Says that he initially asked Saeed, but he said no, and he only asked Kate because they do not want her, talking about what happened in the hunting party. He then kind of saves it by saying they didn't want him either. And Kate says that they are both damaged goods. She then spots a doll in the jungle and goes to pick it up. Jack tries to stop her, but she grabs it, and they both wind up in a net. And right before they go to commercial break, Kate says she's sorry, which I thought was hilarious. Here's the thing. I know he tried to stop her, but wait, 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 wait. I can't stand in shows when people do that. That doesn't, like, be more assertive. Do not pick the doll up. It's a trap. Say that loudly. Yell, it's a trap. It's a trap. Wait, 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 wait. That's not going to do anything. And then later he's like, oh, so you can hear me. Oh, Ooh. he was making a joke. I get that. But like, I was so frustrated when he was going, wait, 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 wait. I understand it's for the plot. But it's not, ah. So annoying. Can't stand it. Forget the one bed trope. I want the one net trope. I loved it. <laughs> so he asks if she's okay, and she says yes, and Jack says, Oh, you can hear me. Jack determines that it's not an other trap, and Kate agrees, saying it's not sophisticated enough. She figures it's one of Danielle's traps and hope that she is not too far. Jack says they cannot wait that long and reaches for the gun. They struggle. Lips are close, sexual tension is high, and then they argue over who is the better shot. Kate eventually fires the first shot and misses, and Jack says that, well, at least the others know where they are now. Jack takes the gun, and Kate says that he has a better angle. Jack jokes that it's her excuse when he hits it. Then he sticks his entire arm out the net, which definitely gave him an advantage, and hits the rope. They fall, Kate lands on top of him, and they laugh. And the jate was strong with this episode. Mm-hmm. I know you don't like it, but like, come on. I liked that there was some tension. That's all I'm going to say. Cannot believe you don't ship them. At this point, I'd ship a coconut and a rock. I just need some romance in this show. You act like last episode didn't have a first kiss between a couple. I don't trust that bitch. <laughs> Bernard returns with rocks and finds Jin making the sign wrong. They bicker and Bernard asks if he has to do everything himself, causing Jin to quit. Bernard tries to stop him, saying he only wants to get his wife home, which does strike a nerve with Jin, but he still quits and says he's sorry. This part was really frustrating to me because, okay, you want it to be three rows of rocks. Why can't he do it one row, one row, one row? It's not like anything he did was detrimental to the SOS. It's not like, oh, we have to start over now. Just if you want three rows, work together and and start adding to his already established line. Stop being an asshole. The one person helping you and you're yelling at him. That was the only time that I was like, Bernard stop yeah i agree but also at that point he was probably just like hot and angry yeah i understand why it happened he's just like showing that he's like you know at the end of his rope you gotta build up all the tension before yeah before what happens but i was i was frustrated with Jin 
in this moment. Like I understand needing to like take a break, walk away, clear your head. And in my head canon, that's what he was doing. But bro, your wife is pregnant. You got to get her off that island. Like, I don't care how unreasonable Bernard is being. You shouldn't have fucking quit. I don't know. If someone was yelling at me like that, I would quit too. Oh, I know you would have quit. <laughs> <laughs> I would have never joined the crew anyway. I'd be like, I have to collect mangoes today. I, I think it's funny that you were like, oh, I was annoyed with Bernard here because, you know, like, blah, 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 blah. If you easily could have been Bernard in this scenario. <laughs> I 100% would be Bernard. And I, I have like, I have serious problems with um, even when stuff isn't my initial idea, I take over hardcore and then I get really annoyed when people don't do it the way that I think that they should do it. And it's a problem. It's a problem. I like to think that I wouldn't yell at people. It depends on how comfortable. If I was leading a crew of like you, Andrew, and like mom and dad, and you weren't putting the rocks the way I wanted you, I'd be screaming at you. But if it's like, secondary people people like, like work yeah kate i would never yell at kate i would be annoyed but i would never tell her i would start to get a little snippy i'd be like oh it's weird because i thought that i had said to put the rocks like three in a row i thought remember we were going to do three in a row but then if it were you i'd be like if you don't put the fuck you rocks <laughs> Honestly, I feel like yelling would be better. Like, I don't like that passive aggressive shit. Don't be no, petty. I, Just fucking say what you mean. No, I wouldn't. That's not how I typically do it. I'm trying to be funny. The way <laughs> I would actually do it is I would either just take over and do it myself or I would just keep repeating. I think we should do three in a row. I really think that we should do three in a row. That's how I am when like I'm in a group setting. I just keep yeah. being like, well, like I had a group project for a class and i was i was beyond frustrated and i just was like i think that we should blah 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 and you know what doesn't matter i ended up getting an a i don't know what those fools got but i got an a when i was in college i took a screenwriting course and one of our projects was to create a multi-season tv show and it was like a group of four and we all pitched a show idea to each other and then the group voted on which show to go with. And I had this show that I had been like kicking around in my head for a while. It no, it's not, it's not the one about dad and I. And I was just like, okay, this will be the one that I pitch. And it ended up getting picked. The problem was it was a multi-season project. So we had to like flesh it out. And in my brain, I'm like, this was always gonna be like a one season thing. So then I was like, I was I told them that like I don't have anything past season one so when everyone liked the concept and we went with it and we like broke up how we were going to do it one of the things that we did and I still don't know why we did this was we broke up each person did one season so like I came up with season one and then I was like this is what I have so then I was like all right I'll take season two from here by the time we got to season four I was like I don't even fucking know what this show is anymore <laughs> like one person was like she's trapped in a house years go by somehow she's still the same age i'm like years go by how about a week okay we don't have time this episode but in flashback i would like you to tell me what the plot of this show is okay well if i do it'll just be stolen 
Okay. I'll see fine. if I can find the document because I have like the show Bible that we turned in. I'll see if I can find it. Okay. Yeah. I I just wanted like a gist. Okay. So Rose tells a moping Locke that he is in her spot on the beach. He says that he could move, and then Rose asks if he could. Locke says that's funny, and Rose sits with him, saying that his sense of humor was trapped under the door with his leg. Locke says he saw Bernard hauling rocks through the jungle, and Rose tells him about the sign. She says he does not know the difference between an errand and a fool's errand, and Locke says most of them do not. She asks why he is on the beach, saying she does not remember the last time he was out of the hatch, and Locke says that he is done with the hatch, but Rose says he's just being frustrated. Spell the word after fools in that little phrase. E-R-R-A-N-D. You didn't put the D on there. You said you said Aaron. And I was like, does this bitch not know how to spell Aaron? No, here's the thing. I thought it was a silent D. People don't really like enunciate the D, but you didn't put it in even a little bit. One of the interns at my office, we were doing phone training and she said, oh yeah, I should have said that before I hung up. And I looked at her and I said, say that again. Say that again. And then she's like, what part? I'm like, the last part. And she said, up. And I'm like, no, no, no. The word before that. <laughs> and she said, hunt up. And I was like, no, that's wrong. I'm like, spell Upper that word? word. I'm like, spell that word. And she says, H-U-N-G. I'm like, where's the G? That's interesting. Drove me well, it's play. like, Delaney says, all well. Like, if you were to be like, oh, I forgot the mustard at the store, like, Oh, well, we have ketchup. She says, oh, well, we have ketchup. And she'd always say it. And I would be like, am I hearing her right? And one time she texted it. Oh, well. (laughs) And I was like, am I losing my mind? I've never said anything to her about it. She doesn't listen to this podcast. But I asked Devin one time, I was like, do you say, oh, well, or all well? And she's like, oh, well. And I was like, Delaney says, all well. Am I crazy? I thought, have I been saying it wrong my whole life? Maybe she thinks it's like all is well. Yeah, I think I think that's the way she's saying it. And honestly, that makes sense. It it does. But no one says all well. Yeah. Does she say all well or all's well? Like cuts out the no. I apostrophe S. All, all well. Well, that's all fucking well. crazy. That's batshit insane. Rose says that he's just frustrated. He will be out of the splint and running around the island in no time. But Locke says that Jack said it will take at least four weeks. And then Rose says that they both know it won't take that long. They share a knowing look, and then Locke smiles as they look out at the ocean. Based off your notes, it looks like you knew where this was going immediately before, like, the reveal. What did I say in my notes? You said, oh shit, Rose knows about Locke. No, I would, okay, first of all, I didn't um, even catch that little dialogue there. Um, Loki and Izzy were kind of wrestling the whole time I was watching this episode. I didn't even catch that. So no, I didn't. And I, that note was written when she saw him in the airport. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> I thought I saw the note and I was just like, oh, she knows. Like, good good on you, Lauren. Because I was going to ask, did you see this where, where this was going? But then I saw your note and I was like, I'm not going to ask that now. <laughs> no, I didn't see where it was going because I literally didn't notice that it happened. I fucking hate you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And we're back into late season one, Lauren. Yeah, woo! In the next flashback, 
Rose goes to Isaac's hospital and looks at all the thank you cards from past clients. There's also like crutches and walkers and shit hanging up. Isaac appears and asks her to sit. She asks how it works and Isaac explains that there are places on earth with great energy. Like the one they are on now. He says these spots could be geological, magnetic. I wrote magnetic. Okay, but also I'm looking at my notes now. You should have known by the order of what I was saying that because I didn't write hell yeah, she knows about Locke until I wrote magnetic before that. I wrote about the healer before that. I wrote about the rain. All that happened. You're right. You're dumb. My bad. You're dumb. Anyway, um, magnets. This every single episode is just piling on evidence as to why I am right about the magnets. Also, when he's talking about like healing spots, like clearly this island is the healingest of healing. So one of the questions I was going to ask, you think that these energies are connected? I think it must be like a similar to what he's talking about. And okay, maybe that spot in Australia is healing, but this spot on this island is the most healing. And it's because of the giant magnet. The whole island. The giant magnet or electromagnetic energy? Same fucking thing. This whole (laughs) island is a magnet. He says when possible, he can harness the energy and give it to others. He asks if he can touch her face and attempts to heal her, but it does not work. He apologizes, and Rose says that she did not expect him to. He says it's not that she can't be healed, it's just not the right place for her. She asks where is the right place, and Isaac says he does not know, and then says he will return Bernard's donation, but she tells him to keep it. She's going to tell him that Isaac fixed her, and she watches Bernard play with a girl on crutches. So, when Isaac says, it's not that you can't be healed, it's just different energy, this isn't the place for you, do you think this is a situation similar to the psychic and Claire, where he knew? Knew that she needed to go to the island, or knew that she was going to go to the island? Sure. No, I don't. Because he seemed to have, like, this big reaction when it didn't work. Yeah, you know, when he said, when he had that reaction, I was like, oh my God, he's about to tell her she's special. It was like, it felt similar to me with like the way that people react, the way that the psychic react to Claire, the way that people react to Walt, like just something, something about her. But it could also have just been like, if he can actually feel how sick she is, that he just was like, oh wait, she's like really sick. It, the reaction was kind of weird. Like, it was like he felt something specific, but I don't know. Try not to look too much into it. So you had a note about Isaac. I said, why do I feel like he's going to show up on the island one day? Like, he's like, I, I, I don't think it as much now. Something about when when she was like, Whenever she was like, oh, do you know where that would be or whatever? And he's like, I wish I did. Either he's lying or he truly doesn't know anything about the island. But I just was like, this is going to be another one of those weird situations where it's like someone she met pre-island, but he's actually connected to the island. Like He's actually in a different hatch. I don't know. (laughs) I just was like, I would not be surprised. If one day he's just there, I wouldn't be surprised. 
as it rains rain jack asks what kate meant by not sophisticated enough kate tells him about the staff hatch and what was in it which speaking of which going back to how i was grounded for that episode this is kind of how i really learned what was in the staff she talks about the fake beard the makeup and the costumes and jack asks when she was going to share this and she says when he decided to let her back into the club she tries to argue with him about keeping henry locked up and not saying anything but they have arrived at the line kate is unsure it's the right spot but jack remembers apparently every single detail about that night and then he calls out to the others saying that he is back. He tells them that they have one of them. And if they want him back, they will have to come out. Kate tries to tell him that they aren't there, but Jack continues to yell. He says he will be right there until they come out. And the camera is just fucking spinning around him like you would not believe. Okay, I hated the spinning camera. I did. I hated it a lot. But I think this is like when him standing in the rain is when I mentally awarded him hottie of the week. And he was already going to get it. The, the net, the net was pretty much, you know, enough, but the rain scene was when I was like, okay, fine. He can be hottie of the week. What is he like you're, majorly winning? You're going to hate this. He's tied with Saeed. Saeed's a little bit off the rails this season. Like I'm not that surprised. Yeah. We got a two way tie for first and a two way tie for second. Jack and, and honestly, Saeed and we've like barely seen Saeed. Like he pops in to like beat the shit out of somebody and then like pops back out. Pops in, beats the shit out of someone, pops out, pops back in, takes a shot at somebody. Pops back in, has incredible tension with Ana Lucia, pops back out. Have you started the fanfic at all? I have not. We probably have like two subscribers on YouTube. We have 13. And I was hoping that once we hit 100, we could record it, not you start working on it. Oh, okay. Where's that Vincent-centric, Zane? I have started the script, but what keeps stopping me is I don't know where I'm going to like start the island-centric storyline or the island storyline. Because if it's too far, you can't watch it. But the only thing I'm making a lot of progress on is something that you won't be able to watch until the end. I just won't watch it then. Okay. I'd rather it be good. I'd rather it be good than me be able to watch it. Okay. If you are fine with not being able to watch it until we're done, I can probably finish the script by the end of the week. And then when we finish it, when we finish the whole show, we'll have another episode of me reacting to the Vincent episode <laughs> where we break down the Vincent episode. All the quick bits will just be like, oh, this episode was directed by Zane Kohler. <laughs> <laughs> He's also direct, he's also worked on that one show from his screenwriting class. Uh, well, this better be like a masterpiece then. But well, anyway, I'm, I'm I, filming it with an iPhone camera. I'll start writing it when we have 50 subscribers. Okay, that seems fair. So just let so me know. Start subscribing, people. Mm-hmm. Okay, should Kate be in the inner circle? Um yeah, I mean she's as much as it's like not exactly the best execution, she has constantly put her life on the line to help other people out by going into the jungle. And, you know, just she should be probably. Let's dive a little further into this. This is it. This is the inner circle. Who's in right. it? It's so hard to say. Jack. 
Walk, Saeed, Kate, currently Ana Lucia. Um, that's kind of it. Sawyer? Sometimes, sometimes Sawyer, but honestly, sometimes not. So no Jin, no Sun, Claire, Charlie, Echo. They're all B. They're all B group. Michael's back. Should he be in the AT or the inner circle? He probably needs a doctor. Let's let's let him like let's just see where he's at mentally. <laughs> but we'll get there. All right. So Kate revealed that the others are more than they seem. At this point, should Jack have reevaluated his plan before announcing that he's there? Nah. What what are you gonna do? Just You're already there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Rose finds Bernard working on the sign alone and offers him dinner. He tells her to put it down, and she asks where everyone went. And Bernard is pissed. The The look on his face was hilarious to me. It's like, you fucking know where they went. Rose says that she owes him an apology. Bernard says it's his own damn fault. Rose says that's not why she is sorry. However, I will say that she probably should apologize for that, too. Yeah. She tells him that she lied to him about Isaac. She says that Isaac did not do anything. Bernard says, of course he did. But Rose says he did not heal her. But that doesn't mean she is not healed. We see Rose and Bernard at the airport as Rose narrates over the flashback. She tells Bernard that when you are sick, you can feel something in you that does not belong. And after the crash, she could not feel it anymore. She initially thought it was shock, but it wasn't. The island had healed her. Bernard asks why she said Isaac fixed her, and Rose says she told him that so he would not spend the time they had left trying to do something. Bernard says that she could just be in remission, or Isaac did heal her, how does she not know? And Rose tells him that she does know. And then we get a great flashback of Rose dropping her medication from her bag at the airport gate, and Locke picks it up and hands it to her. She thanks him and he rolls away. So apparently this was, you did not see this coming. So what was your reaction? Oh, I was like, oh my God, that's awesome. Somebody else knows. And then I was like, honestly, how do more people not remember him being in a wheelchair? I'll just say it is natural for people to notice differences, right? Like if you're sitting in an airport gate, what are you doing? People watching. They didn't have iPhones back then. They weren't playing Candy Crush or watching Netflix on their phone. They're looking at people. And you notice differences, you know, people who are different from you. You're going to notice the person in a wheelchair. I'm kind of surprised that more people haven't noticed. It's entirely possible that people did see him in the wheelchair and then see him on the island and be like, just not connected. Yeah. But I mean, like, if you see someone who's in a wheelchair and then you see someone who's like got 400 knives and hunting and running around the island, you'd be like, I'm clearly just misremembering the guy in the wheelchair. That's true. He is just like a generic white bald guy. So I guess they could just be like, they probably saw a person in a wheelchair, but they didn't really remember the face. But anyway, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I love that she hasn't said anything and she's just kind of like, yeah, I get it. Cause same. I don't know why, but this moment makes me so like, happy and sad at the same time like that little moment between Locke and rose i don't know what it is it's just it's such like a normal interaction of just like oh you dropped this but it's just like such a sweet moment i don't know why 
Okay. After the flashback, she tells Bernard to trust her, again saying she knows. Bernard realizes that she does not want to leave the island because she thinks if she leaves, the cancer will come back. Bernard says if she cannot leave the island, then neither can he. Rose begins to tear up. He takes her face in his hands. He says they won't ever leave. And then he kisses her cheek and they hug. Bernard says he would offer to take the sign down, but they did not get far. And then they show only the top of the first S is complete. Okay, so now we know three people, theoretically, that do not want to leave the island. Do you think anyone else secretly doesn't want to leave? Or do you think someone might join this group of people? Well, Hurley maybe because of the whole curse situation. Nothing bad has happened to him since he's been on the island. So maybe he'll be like, oh, I'm not cursed on the island. But the numbers are like here and very prominent. So I don't really know how he'll fall with that. I don't know about Libby because I, we still don't know what her situation was. But like she seems very typical, I guess is the phrase I would say. She seems fine, for lack of a better term. So but maybe she was fine before she got here. And that was just like something that happened in the past. I have no idea. But that's all I can think of right now. Do you think Rose is, is right? If she left, her cancer would come back. If Locke left, he wouldn't be able to walk anymore. Well, in theory, if they were healed, they would be fine if they left. It's like if you take medicine and the medicine makes you better and you go off the medicine, you're still better for most medicines. I'm not going to lie. I don't really understand how cancer treatments work. But if she went into remission, how do we know that the island isn't just putting her in a state of remission? And if she left, it would end. I don't know that. Because I also don't know anything about cancer. If we're also talking about fate and destiny and all that shit, if Locke coming to the island was his destiny and now he can walk, if he leaves, how do we know fate's not going to be cruel and cripple him again? Just in an accident or something. We, we don't know that. So basically what I'm saying is, if you were Rose or Locke or whoever healed, would you want to leave? Would you roll the dice and leave and potentially go back to where you were? I would leave. And let me tell you why. One, she was already at peace with her prognosis. You're still on an island with people who have killed people. And you're sleeping like in a tarp tent. And you're eating like fish and mangoes. I, I guess it depends on how happy they are on that island. I'm going to go home and I'm going to spend my last few months in a bed with AC and Netflix and all the food I want, you know, I'd be out of there. It would really just depend on what my condition was before I got to the island. Like if it was a paralysis thing, I would probably stay on the island. But also I'm I'm warped and obsessed with the show. So like if I'm on the island, I'd be like, this is so fucking cool. Yeah, okay. So now it's time for a little montage. First, we start off with Ana Lucia finding Locke at the record player. And she tells him that she pressed the button or his button. He says it's not his button. And she asks where he went, and he says he needed to stretch his legs. He sits down at the computer and begins to work on the map again. And now he's smiling to let us know that he's remembering it better. Echo and Charlie work on the church. Jin pets Sun's stomach, and she plays with his hair. And for one, Sun was in like two scenes, but didn't say a single word in this episode. But her face... I don't know if that was just like a I'm laying in bed face or that's like a face of guilt because it's, Jin is talking to the baby. Her face still to me was like, 
it, it didn't seem this is such a peaceful moment with, you know, my husband and my unborn child. It was like, she felt, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Conflicted or something was not right. So let's dive into Jin again, because now we have a second confirmed case of the island healing someone. Yeah, I, I still think you, you're island... still going with that. Yeah, I'm okay. still going with the writers don't understand uh, pregnancy timelines and the island healed his balls. One other question I wanted to ask during the whole truth, but I never really got around to it. If it comes out that that's not his baby and like Jin knows, do you think he would still like be a father to that kid? Knowing Jin? No. Why? He's a very like prideful, stubborn. Not so much on the island. Uh, yeah, he think he's trying, but he we've seen him revert back to old Jin a couple times, and that's a pretty big thing to happen. So I think he would, he would, his initial reaction would be reverting back and being like, "F you," like you know, that's not my baby. You're a whore, which no one should ever be called a whore. I'm speaking, I'm putting words in his mouth, not my mouth. We also see Claire playing with Aaron and Hurley making shadow puppets for Libby, who is just eating it up. And also Sawyer feeds Vincent. And honestly, because it was not really a hot episode, I was like, that moment alone could get him high of the week. I was just thinking, this dog probably eats better than anyone on the island because he probably <laughs> just goes up to every single person and is like, I'm so hungry. And they're like, okay. But he does that to all 40 people. Yeah. So he's like getting 40 little snacks like all the time. They're like, all right, here's that. Which begs the question, who the fuck is taking care of this dog? Shannon's dead. Michael's gone. I think they're all taking care of him. I think he's just like the island doggy, you know? They've established that they have water troughs set up that they're like dipping their bottles in and shit. You know, Vincent's just fucking drinking out of those yeah. things. I like to think he's also like when he just runs off for a little bit, he's like running to the others and they're feeding him too. <laughs> and they have like Dharma dog food. I want them to just come across Danielle in the jungle one time and she's just walking him. <laughs> yeah, like Danielle's taking care of him. Like Desmond somewhere running around also taking <laughs> care of him. And lastly, we see Rose and Bernard cuddle by the fire. Then we cut to Kate and Jack, who have made a fire. And Kate asks how long Jack is going to wait. Jack says that he's going to get his voice back and then yell some more. She says maybe they cannot hear him, but Jack knows they can. Stubborn Jack is stubborn. She says that she is sorry that she kissed him. And Jack says that he is not. What'd you make of that? Uh, nothing. You just don't like this, these two. No, it's not that. It's just like typical, well, they want they shit. Well, they have a, a shared look and then a noise from the jungle draws their attention. Jack grabs the gun. They see a torch coming at them. A person stumbles out of the jungle and collapses in front of them. Michael is back. And that is how the episode ends. I knew it was Michael. So you knew it was Michael, but did you have a reaction at all? I just assumed that the the others heard them and they were like, here's our trade offer. Take Michael. We never wanted him in the first place. Well, why wouldn't they be there to take Henry? I think they're going to show up and take Henry. I have no idea, but I think that to, I saw it as like, 
a trade offer just because of the way he comes like stumbling out and then just like collapses. Um, but I will say if I were them and this was the trade offer, I'd be like, no, we didn't ask for him. You guys didn't even take him. He ran off. That's his problem. Give us someone else. Give us the boy. Yeah. Give us Walt. Give us, you know, someone who was taken against their will, not someone who ran off into the jungle I understand yeah. why he did it, but I'm saying yeah. it's just not really a fair trade, yeah. you know? What do you think Michael's going to have to say for himself? He's been gone for quite a while. I'm hoping he's get, got some, like, intel on the others. Like, he either he was captured by them and he knows some stuff, or he, like, stalked them a little bit. I have no idea. Um, yeah, I'm just hoping he's got some information. How do you think they're going to get Walt back now? I don't think they'll ever get Walt back. I was going to ask if you think it's time to maybe form that army again. No, I don't. What do you think Locke meant when he said he's done with the hatch? Um, I think he doesn't like believe in the button or he maybe he's like realized that the button kind of took over his, it was like kind of controlling him. And so he's like, I'm not going to do it anymore. Now the map is kind of controlling him. He's like obsessed with figuring that out. So I'm like, I don't know. If he's done with the button, I feel like the button's not going to get pressed. I like Ana Lucia hit the button, but it's just like, how long is it going to take for people to just kind of lose focus on it? Because he seems to be the one kind of driving, like we have to push the button. Do you think something's going to happen there? Mm, I don't really know. I kind of feel like, like if it were me, if I were on that island and I knew about the button and, and I knew that Locke was like, he made sure the button got pressed. But then I was like, oh, I caught wind that Locke's not pushing the button anymore. I would probably have a lot of anxiety and I'd go down there and I'd start pushing it. But like, just in case. Yeah. Like, just make sure it gets pushed. Do you think on, when Anna said she pushed it, do you think she did that because she believes in the whole thing that Locke was spewing? Or maybe she's like, shut this fucking alarm off. I kind of see it being the latter. But I also think it could just be kind of what I said. Like, at, oh, just in case. Like, just in case. Might as well just push it. Yeah. Next week? Uh, it could be a Michael episode, just because, like, we're getting him back. But it could also be something completely random. Um, So if it's not Michael, I'm going to go... Okay, I'm going to go Michael first. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. I'll tell you the title. Okay, tell me the title. Two for the Road. Two for the Road? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't help me even a little bit. Tell me if I'm right or wrong, and I'll give you a second not guess. Michael. Okay, then I'm going to go. Is it... Let's play 20 questions. <laughs> is it, Person. Is it an A plot character? A is it, a, is it an inner circle character? Yes. Jack. No. You just had... Kate? Nope. Sawyer? Nope. Saeed? Nope. Locke? Nope. Ana Lucia? Ding, ding, ding. Oh my god. <laughs> I just named every single inner circle. <laughs> that's why I asked you who the inner circle is. Okay, that's interesting. It's a good one. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. We are getting back to a point where the A plot is gonna drive the show. Okay. Got it, got it, got it. Lastly, let's check in with your just opinion on the show. Obviously, you do this every week, so you still want to watch it. 
This is something I asked Kate right around this point when we were watching the show. Do you like season two more or less than season one? I don't really remember how I felt about season one. I'm going to go that I liked season one more, though. I also would agree with you. Uh, Hot take, season two, while it has some of my favorite storylines in the whole show, it is my least favorite season. It's just been kind of like, oh, it's something. Oh, no, just kidding. Oh, something's good. No, just kidding. Like, that's kind of how I feel about it. It's kind of like. Kate says season three is the worst when it comes to that. And I disagree. Season three is my favorite season. I will admit that there's some fucking filler episodes in it, but. Hmm. We want to hear from you guys. Tell us what your favorite season of Lost is. Maybe give us a reason. I won't read the comments because I'm not allowed anywhere on our TikTok, but you are. So head on over to Lauren Gets Lost.pod on TikTok, Lauren Gets Lost Pod on Instagram, Lauren Gets Lost on Twitter. Search Lauren Gets Lost on Facebook and on YouTube. When we hit 100 subscribers on YouTube, I will be sharing my Saeed and Ana Lucia fanfic against my will. After you've gone and followed us on every single social media and interacted with all the videos, then head back over to this platform wherever you're listening and give us five stars, leave us a review, send us a nice DM, ask us a question for flashback. Do you want to know more about my wedding? Do you want to know more about Zane's shitty screenwriting attempt? Do you want to know just more about the episode in general? Any of it, send it, we'll address it. And don't forget to tell the world about us. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your Australian faith healer. And join us next week for Two for the Road. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by an and by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Wister, and our music is done by Nathan Kohler. And remember, they were not dead. Home.